Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. (laughs) I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. Talk about quitting your job to focus on saving and have enough money to live your life. Seven years ago, they went, they were in big debt and so Lauren Grootman quit her job and focused on couponing to save more. Their family went from spending a thousand a month down to 200 in groceries. Today, she has one of the biggest blogs in the New York State, in New York State, which started from her passion to share in her blog anything about frugal living. Lauren is also a backup co-host on her local morning TV show, Bridge Street, appears regularly on WSYR CNY Central and has appeared on WNBC, AndersonCooper.com, The Huffington Post, The Good Life Magazine by Dr. Oz, and the list goes on. I want to talk about how bloggers can land press. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on here. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I am excellent. I am ready to just talk about this press stuff because to me, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, it, it definitely is exciting. And I'm excited to teach it. It's, um, it's something that's been great for my blog and my business. And I'm, I'm just really excited to pass on the information. Okay, so I say all these things, Huffington, Huffington Post, uh, 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 WNBC, WSYR. I see there are a number of others on your website that I didn't even mention. All this press, did it just happen naturally? Or do, are you doing specific things to make it happen? Well, it first started naturally. I actually, um, you mentioned that I was, you know, doing a lot of couponing and I actually um, was teaching a couponing class at a local event Uh and uh, they actually called the local news station to promote their event and they asked if, the news station asked if they had anybody to come and represent the event on air and so they asked if I was willing to go and represent the event on air. So that was about three, almost three and a half years ago. So I said, I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go and talk about the event and what I'm doing. So that was my very, very first TV spot. And I actually, um, that was a dream of mine to get on TV one day. And it actually started like maybe two months after I started blogging. So oh, that wow. was really cool. How did it feel? How did it feel? <clears throat> oh, it felt totally natural. I loved it. I love what, I'm, what I talk about. I love sharing with people how to get out of debt and how to um, save money. So it was just a total natural feeling Re- for me. You weren't nervous at all? Oh, I was a little bit nervous because it was live. Uh, gotcha. you know, so I thought I was going to mess up. But, <laughs> but you <laughs> but survived. Yeah. You're still alive and everything I'm is still good. still alive. All right. So since then, I assume there's a bunch of things that you've done to continue to get these types of opportunities, right? Right. Exactly. Um, we, um, I say we because my husband actually just quit his job in corporate America to come and work on the blog with me. Nice. Yeah. So, um, so, so we are very strategic now in the kind of press that we do. But... At first, I just did it for fun. You know, like, oh, I love being on TV. I love 
um, going on the radio. It just it was fun for me, yeah. and it still is fun. But now it's just a lot more strategic. Gotcha. Okay, so I I, I just realized that I didn't even mention what your blog was in the introduction. Oh but yeah. The URL is IamThatLady.com, right? Right. I love that URL. How did you come up with that? I am that lady. <laughs> well, um, I actually was doing dishes one night and I was. Oh, I, I love when stories start like that. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I was doing the dishes, cleaning up after dinner because uh-huh. I, have, I have four children. Um, so I was cleaning up after everybody and I, I knew I wanted to start a blog, but I wasn't sure of the name. And so I was kind of just, I was literally talking out loud to myself and saying, well, how, you know, I'm just like, I'm just that crazy lady that like, I'll do anything to save money or uh, just that coupon lady you get stuck behind in the store. And and it just came to me. I'm like, I am that lady. So I ran over to the computer and I checked the domain name and I was shocked that (laughs) it was available. So I registered it like right away. Oh, I love when that happens. You know, know, so many times you go to the domain uh, checker and it's not available. But once in a while you find something that's a real gem and you go and you search and you're like, yes, it's there. Yeah, it was it was amazing. So I was really excited. So I've been I am that lady for yeah three and a half years now. And that's what I'm called when I go to the grocery store on air. Um, I'm always called that lady. <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> love it. Okay, so you started three wait, three and a half years ago. That's not a long time. No, nope. In the blogging in you know industry though, it I'm I'm kind of like you know a pro now <laughs> in yeah. the blogging field. You know, three and a half years is long. Yeah, it, it hasn't been around that long. So you're right. Right. Okay. So um, let's talk before press. What were you doing to get traffic before um, you know you started landing press? Well, um, I always taught like um, money-saving seminars, so okay. that was always my first passion. Uh, when I started my website, I already had a pretty good following from the seminars that I was doing. Gotcha. And so I just continued doing the seminars for me and what I do. Getting out in the community is a big part of, of my blog. I'm always teaching couponing seminars or money-saving seminars or debt reduction seminars. Um, and so connecting with my my readers in a really you know real way and getting to know them is is part of my strategy but it's also what I love to do so um so I'm still continuing to do that uh so when I I definitely think I got the traffic from being genuine and from really wanting to help people gotcha yeah so so there was kind of a mix of an online and an offline aspect and using that offline to kind of expand what you're doing online even exactly Awesome. Yep. Okay, so we're going to get into the, the, the step-by-step strategic, uh, you know, w- what to do and how to do it and all that jazz. But I got to ask because I'm going to be quitting my job in six months. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm leaving my job in six months to do blogging full-time. And in that, pro- yeah! in that process, I need to save some money. Give me a tip, one big tip. Like this tip is going to enlighten me or something when it comes to this couponing stuff because I don't do anything with coupons. Tell me something. Well, okay. There's two things okay. that a lot of people say it's too hard to save money or it's too hard um, to get out of debt. And the one thing that I always say to people is that when the pain of staying in debt is greater than the pain of changing your mm. spending habits, then you will change. Gotcha. Until then, it won't happen. Mm. Um, so, But for saving money, I think that... You have to look at your money kind of as, a, as your value system. So 
uh, where you're putting your money is pretty much where you're putting your values. Mm -hmm. So if you're spending $200 on an iPhone, but you can't provide groceries for your family, then there's a little bit of a value shift that you have to make. So it's all about mindset, I feel like, when it comes to money. Um, So be intentional with where you're spending it. You know, make sure that it's working for you. Um, so that's just what I would recommend. Start looking at where, where you're spending and, you know, trim down some of the areas where you think you, you don't need to be and then put those towards either getting out of debt or um, building, building finances, you know, back into your business or something like that. All right. And if you want to hear more about that and learn more about that, I am the, I'm not that lady, but you go to <laughs> www.iamthatlady.com and she deals with all that information there. Um, right. So I'm sure you can find tons of value where that's concerned. All right. Let's switch gears now and let's talk about the good stuff. I have a biology blog and my biology blog is the biggest blog that I have. Um, okay. And one of the things that I want to do for expanding it is landing press. So I need to go about it in a strategic way or I want to go about it in a strategic way. There are many other people in my audience that are in similar positions where that's concerned and they want to know how to do it. So let's let's start from the beginning. Where do we start? Well, it depends uh, a lot on where you want to go. Okay. Uh, I think the best place to start is Twitter mm. because most reporters – of any, you know, newspaper, I do newspaper, radio, and TV. Um, I write in two different, like I write in a magazine publication and a newspaper publication. And every person that I communicate with, I, almost everyone I found on Twitter first. Okay. So that's a great place. Find the shows that are dealing with the same target audience that you're trying to reach. Find the people that are interested in, in promoting you and you know, create a good story for them. Okay, so um, how do you go about finding those people? Is it you, you're searching for um, news sites that deal with the topic that you are blogging about? How, how, how are you doing that? Well, actually, a lot of the websites of, of the news and, um, you know, everybody has their Twitter icon. Like if you go to most radio stations, mm-hmm. they have, the Twitter button, you can just go and try and follow them. But most news stations actually have a list of their anchors and their reporters with their personal news Twitter handles. So I would I would go to the website of the place where you're trying, you know, to find a, a person, and then you're gonna try and find them on Twitter, find their Twitter, their bio, or something like that, and search out that way. Okay, so am I, in that process, am I looking for more local stations in the beginning? Or am I trying to, you know, am I going to look for Good Morning America? I mean, wh- what, what do you recommend in terms of that starting point? Um, definitely local. Okay. Staying local first. Uh, you want to make sure, like, it, it depends on where you live. Like, we have, in my area, we have a daytime uh, TV show, which is the one that I help co-host. And that focuses on community it's all about community and community events so if you're interested in getting on if you have like a lot of different stations have these type of programs where they're kind of like um you know an old like regis and kelly kind of Uh uh kind of feel and so i would recommend those ones are usually looking for community-based events so it would might be a good idea if you're looking to get your biology blog let's say in the media that you can, you know, establish an event for maybe kids in the community to come out and check out what you have to offer and then pitch that to the station 
about an event in the area, which is a good way to just get an in and get them to talk about your blog. I got it. I, I love that. Okay, so for example, I just did a, a search for TV stations in my area and I find WNDU, WSBT. I can go to their websites. I can look at their uh, the people that work there, the anchors, and follow them on Twitter. Um, and and that's kind of like my first point of contact. Right. And a lot of, I think it's important. You want to be looking for um, a reporter, not the person that runs the news desk. Okay. So you, you want to be looking for a reporter. And a lot of people don't know that this is, these are at least how the reporters work in, in my field. So uh, you, they get into work at 9 a.m. They have a meeting at 9.30 where they have to pitch an idea to um, the, the news editor they have to okay it. They have to go out and film and write the story to get it ready for the five o'clock news. Oh, wow. So they're under a huge time crunch to find good stories. So everybody's looking for stories. You just need to provide them with the ones that, that will um, serve their audience. Ooh, so man, that, that's, that sounds pretty intense. So they get into work early in the morning, they, they pitch an idea, and then they have to film, they have to do all this stuff, and then have it ready for that day. Exactly. Wow. And the only other time that they don't have to do that is when it's called a sweeps time, which happens four times a year, which is when their station gets ratings. Ah, okay. When their station has ratings, that's probably, that's the time where they like hold their best stories or, you know, hide their cards until the the sweeps time. So they plan a little bit more ahead of time for gotcha. those four times of years, but but yeah, so you want to um, you know, pitch pitch your idea to a reporter uh and and if they like it, they'll act on it pretty quickly. Usually, uh, got it. Okay, now, okay. So I'm following these um, these uh, reporters on Twitter. How do I approach them? Am I just tweeting at them and saying, "Hey, I have this great project that I'm working on"? What 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 do I do in terms of that first uh, that initial contact? Well, I would first just email them and say, "Hey, I have a story idea for you. Can I get your email? Can you DM me your email?" Um, that's what I would do. And then they send me their email address, and then I would email them a pitch letter okay, that I have. So you're messaging them on Twitter mm -hmm. and telling them you have a story uh, if they can D DM you their email address. Right. Okay. Um, and do they get tons of people doing that, and do they res generally respond to all those people, or is that something that's unique? Um. Well... You know, it depends, I think, on how big the news station is that you're talking to. Okay. You know, um, mine, I live in kind of a medium size. There's different level markets, and mine's a mid-level market. So uh -huh. they, they do definitely get news tips a lot, but they have people that go through those news tips all the time. So gotcha. I definitely think um, I've, I've never gotten turned away from that. Mm -hmm. Now, if I tried, um, when I went on WNBC in New York City, that's a whole different ballgame because the yeah. New York City stations are you know, probably the number two viewed um, shows in the country. So that's a little different. Now, am I just going at any reporter or do I want to do some research on the reporters to see what types of things they generally cover? Uh I think you should do some research on what things. Sometimes certain reporters deal with more financial stuff. Sometimes they're just field reporters. Sometimes they deal with uh, sports. So definitely pitch yourself. But if you can even get a word in from somebody, you know, like a, like a sports reporter and just ask them like, Hey, can you forward this on to so-and-so who deals with money? 
you know, at, at the very beginning, making a first contact is really, really key. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm seeing something here that has to happen for me, which is somewhat of a mindset shift. Because when I look at reporters, I think that, you know, they get so many stories, they don't really want people to contact them because they have their ways of finding the good stories. Um, But the mindset shift that I'm seeing right now is that these reporters are looking for stories, actively looking for stories. And if you have one that is relevant to what they're trying to do, it's relevant to, especially in those smaller stations, their local community chances are you can get a response yeah exactly and i and and they're always looking for relevant stuff so if you um one thing that i am constantly doing is going to the big news websites and trying to find you know something that is a big news for the day like let's say because i'm dealing with saving money let's say i go to fox news and there's a big story about the price of ground beef rising i know that's going to affect people in the grocery store so what I'll do is I'll tweet out to the anchors that I work with now and say, hey, you want me to come in and talk about this and how it's going to affect your viewers? And then they'll have me come on. So I, I look around to what's going on now. So with your biology blog, if something came up that you could speak on as a professional, then you could tweet them and say, hey, you know, I'm an expert in this topic and I could be able to come in and talk about it to give. And that helps the station get more credibility as well if they have an yeah. expert speaking mm-hmm. on it instead of just a news anchor i like that because you're looking for what's relevant right now as opposed to you know just thinking about what value you have to offer the, you're now thinking about what value you have to offer in the context of what is significant that's happening right now and since exactly. they, they're looking for content and if there's something big that's happening right now that you can address the chances are going to be higher that they'll respond favorably exactly Awesome. Okay. So I go to the local website. I find some uh, reporters. I I tweet them. I follow them. I I try to use this where I look to see what's the big things that are are being talked about right now. And if I have something to add to that, I pitch it to them or I ask them for their email address so that I can pitch it to them. Mm -hmm. There's something you mentioned there that I I didn't get to, but Mm -hmm. I think it's very, um, uh, I think it's a, a great idea. You said you can establish an event in the community and pitch that event to the station. Correct. And that's how I got my first spot is because I, I was that a local event was pitched and they wanted to come and, and do a story about it. So if you have an event going on that you want to share with the community that is giving back to the community, that is a great way to get yourself even into the data because they have a database that they, you know, if they um, are looking for a money-saving story, I'm their number one in their database, so I always get called. Mm-hmm. So you want to at least just get yourself into their database so that you're on their list of people to call if a relevant story comes up. Is it the kind of thing that once you start to get in, it's easier than to get in even more? Yep, exactly. That's how it got started with me. Okay, okay. Yep, I got my first little, you know, foot in on that local daytime show, which was you know, in the community. And then I started getting calls for morning news and evening news and radio and TV, you know, all different kinds of things. And then now I'm co-hosting and it just kind of all snowballed. But I really focused on developing relationships with the people too. So now they're friends of mine. 
Focus on developing relationships. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit uh, because I think that is so important in every aspect of our business uh, when we're doing, whether it's online or offline. What are some of the things that you're doing to develop those relationships with those key individuals within the context of the media? I'm always looking for what kind of things are going to help their viewers instead of what are going to help, what's going to help me. So I'm always looking for uh, ways that I can incorporate my business into that, but also little things like, you know, when you tell them you're going to be a certain place, show up on time, dress, act professional, and they'll treat you like a professional. Mm -hmm. So those are some key things that have helped me. But really just, I think a lot of times reporters get this rap of, because they're in the media all the time, but they're just real people and they just want to be treated like real people. So I always just get to know them like you know are they married do they have kids just talk to them and develop a relationship with them that way and then it helps me with getting calls in the future so what you're saying is this thing is kind of like real life yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and and you know that goes for blogging that goes for media um it goes for press it goes for just all these different aspects of life and your job. It's the same thing. Get to know people, develop those relationships and those relationships. It's not that you're only developing those relationships because you think you can gain from it, but you're developing relationships because that enhances your quality of life. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. So we start Twitter. We, we, we're, we're thinking about events. We're thinking about the things that are happening that are newsworthy and how we can fit into that context. What else do we need to be thinking about? You need to be thinking about creating a pitch letter for when they email you back. So this is kind of like step two. Like you have your contact, you've gotten their email, you're going to pitch a story to them. So what you want to do is create a pitch letter. And I am kind of against these form pitch letters that people do. Uh Um, You know, I could give you examples of like, say this, say that, say this, say that, but I think that you need to genuinely write a letter to them about what you offer them, not what they can do for you, but what you can offer them. Um, and so I would write a pitch letter. So let's say um, I, you know, I, my first time getting to the media was about that coupon seminar that I was doing. Uh-huh. I would say, hey, I'm teaching this free coupon seminar in the area to help support money for X, Y, and Z. And I would love to bring it to your audience. I would love to get, you know, promotion for it. Uh, Do you think that this would be something that would fit for you? And then add a little bit about you, about your blog. Um, You know, I blog at IamThatLady.com. A little bit about your social media followers. So I'll put, like, I have 30,000 Facebook fans, yada, 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 so that they know that I have a relevance to drive traffic to them as well. Mm. Uh, That's key because... Most, my target audience is women, you know, in their, between 25 and 45. And that's actually the target audience of most companies because those are the people who usually make the most purchases. Yeah. So I always bring it to like, hey, you know, I have so many people reading my blog and I always tell them about coming to watch your show. So they usually have pretty good ratings when I'm on too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can do it that way. So definitely figure out how to craft a pitch letter. I'm sure there's like thousands of pitch letters online that you can, you know, Google and see uh, what kind of pitch letters to do. But uh-huh. always address them by name. Be personable. Be you. Be confident that you have something to offer them. And then um, always leave it with 
can I follow up with you in a few days? Or I'll follow up with you in five days. That way you have another in to email them back again. Okay, what's the difference between a pitch letter and a press release? Um, okay, so a press release typically goes to print, like in the newspaper. Okay. Um, those are really informal. They're just like a form that you fill out. And to me, they're, they're pretty informal. Pitch letter to me means that I'm personally seeking you out. I'm going to personalize it. Uh, and a lot of times those are for more like TV um, kind of things. That's a good question though. Okay. So, um, uh, create a pitch letter in the pitch letter. Um, you want to be personable. You want to be, um, informative about what you're going to be doing. Be confident that you have something of value, address them by name and, um, uh, uh, let them know a little bit about you and your blog, your social media followers and all that stuff and leave that opening so that you can potentially follow up with them in a few days. Right. Okay, so step one, we're, we're connecting with them on Twitter. We're, we're asking them if we can you know, pitch them an idea. Step two, we have this pitch letter that we are going to be sending to them if they agree to it. Um, and then what? Where do we go from there? Well, now we hopefully got a segment or you know, a little piece of on-air time. So once you connect with the reporter... You want to make sure, these are the questions that I always ask them. I always ask them, how do you plan to identify me on air? Because that's key. Mm. Because a lot of times you think that they're going to say your website name on air, which is always my goal. Uh -huh. But they will not usually do that. Okay. So you need to make sure that you're ahead of the game and say, how do you plan, plan to identify me on air? And then if they say, usually they're like, well, I don't know. How do you want me to? So then you can say Lauren blogger at I am that lady dot com or frugal living expert at Lauren, you know, at I am that lady dot com. OK, um, so that's key. And also asking them uh, where what there's this thing called the lower third, which is what you uh -huh. see on the bottom of the TV screen that uh -huh. has your name. You know how you see yeah. that on the bottom? Uh -huh. I'll, I always tell them or ask them what they're going to put in that lower third and, and say, can I suggest to you that you put Lauren from I am that lady.com so that they know, um, you know, put, put your foot out there and tell them what, what you want. You're going to be donating your time. Uh -huh. Every, every, you know, time is money, especially in blogging. You're taking yourself away from your blog. So make sure that you are, are forward with that kind of information so that, they put the right information down. You know why this to me is very significant because usually when, you know, you hear that somebody approaches you, for example, and say, uh, I want you to be on TV for such and such. You're going to get so excited. You're not thinking about all these things. You're just thinking, oh, I get to be on TV. Yeah, my mommy is going to see me and all that kind of stuff and be all excited. And you don't think about these things and they easily get overlooked. They very, very easily get overlooked. And um, I even overlooked it. I did a segment three months ago during Christmas time and I have been working with this reporter for two years uh -huh. and she always puts my website name down, always uh, says it on air. That's one of my recommendations that I tell them that, that not only do they have to put it in the lower third, but they have to say it on air uh -huh. because people look and are just listening like at the gym or whatever. And so, um, and she, I, I just didn't say anything this time. I just totally was like, oh, you know, oh, she'll do it. And she didn't. She didn't say anything. My yeah. website was nowhere in the segment. And mm -hmm. I was like, how did she do that? It was because I forgot to remind her. 
got now when are you asking these questions um is it you know after they, they say hey we'd like to have you on do you say that immediately or is it when you go to do the show when do you recommend um i would recommend doing it so you've you've contacted them you've set up a time to do an interview in that communication i would you know, as the last communication, I would say, so how do you plan? I just want to make sure that, you know, we have this all planned out. How do you plan to identify me on air? And what would, what are you going to plan on putting in that lower third? Gotcha. So that I know um, ahead of time. But also to backtrack just a bit, uh-huh. uh, when you are talking back to them, when they've emailed you and you've made that connection and you've talked to them about a time to get set up, I want you to start thinking about now you have to start thinking about talking points for your segment. And what that is is just a list of maybe four to five topics that you're going to be talking about during your segment or your story. Okay. And this helps the reporter. A lot of times they have no idea what you're what you do and what you're talking about. So this helps the reporter to structure their segment in a way that you are leading the leading it. So that means they're not going to talk about something that you're not knowledgeable in. So, for instance, um, I helped a photographer get on um, one of our local shows here, and they were all about talking to him about getting um, – he's a headshot photographer, uh-huh. so he does business headshots. But for some reason, this TV show wanted him to talk about doing headshots for resumes. That's, like, all they were interested in. But so I said, nope, you email them your five to six talking points for that segment and they will stick to those. And they did because he took control of that segment. So so when you're looking at what you're going to talk about with them, definitely I recommend sending over a few talking points so that they have some structure to know how to uh, put the segment together. And that helps them. But also you're controlling the content. Got it. Love it. Which is that that is extremely important because you want it to have the, the, the result that you're looking for. You don't want it to just be left up to chance. Well, hopefully they're going to mention my website. Hopefully they're going to ask me about something that I know. You want to make sure that they are going to do that. And this is helping them to do that. Exactly. And it's saving them time. It is. It's saving them time and it's helping them. And, and you come across as confident when you take control of that as well. And there's a way to do it so that you don't look like, you know, bossy or controlling. It's just, this is what I do. And these are the things that we're going to, you know, that I would like to talk about. And that's going to help them with their segment uh, so they don't have to do a ton of research. Gotcha. They, I'm, I'm, I'm taking so many notes you have no oh. idea. <laughs> they don't have to do a ton of research. That is so important. Because like you said, they're on a, on, a, on a time crunch. So they need to get these things in and out and then move on to the next story. Exactly. So, so if you can help make it easier for them, I'm sure they'll be very open to that. And then they'll make it so that they'll want to call you back too. Because that's key for me. They always know that if they come to me, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to have talking points. They're going to have to do little research. And I'm good on the camera, which we should talk about, like what to wear and where to face and all that stuff too. But um, so... So definitely, if, if the easier you are to work with, the more helpful you are to them to getting it done in a, in a fast and efficient time, the more they will call you back. Oh, I love it. This is so much value. Yeah. Th- thank you again. And I'm going to thank you again at the end and probably a few times in between. Um, <laughs> but let's move on then to, well, were, the, were those all the things that you want to ask them? Um, yeah, I think those are the key, the key topics. Okay. You want to just make sure that you have control over how you're portrayed. All right, what to wear? 
what give, to give wear. Give us some fashion tips. Let's fashion go. Fashion tips. <laughs> um, when you're going on air, you want to wear bold and bright, solid colors. Okay. Why? Well, because a lot of stations are in HD, and so those are what look the best. But also, because of the way the cameras are, if you're wearing like a lot of plaid or different types of patterns, it can look dizzy. Like uh-huh. It can make you dizzy, uh-huh. um, the viewer dizzy. So I always recommend... You know, black is nice, but it's boring on air. So yeah, I yeah. always try and go for like a yellow or a teal. <laughs> My favorite color to wear. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so bright, bold colors are important. And dress for the part. Okay. You know, if I have an interview in a grocery store, I'm going to dress a lot different than if I have an interview at the news desk. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're dressing the part of where you're going to be. Gotcha. Um, don't wear for women, don't wear a lot of dangler, dangly, noisy jewelry, especially I love like big necklaces, uh-huh. but don't try not to wear those if you can, because that's where they're going to put your mic. Gotcha. Um, also think about women too, is that your mic stand has to clip to something. Um, so if you wear a dress, a lot of times they, they will have you go hide somewhere and try and put the mic up your dress. Ah, <laughs> so, uh, yes. So if you feel uncomfortable with that, then you might want to go with pants and a shirt so that you have somewhere to clip the mic. See, that's something that people probably wouldn't even think about. I have this yep. nice dress, and I want to wear it on the air. It's nice and bright and yellow. It's going to look good on me, but then I got to take this thing and put it all You know, you know That's kind of inconvenient. I like that. Okay, right. sweet. So just practical tips. Like if you don't want some guy you don't know trying to fish a wire up the back of your dress, <laughs> then maybe wear some pants. <laughs> All right. That is very important. Not so much for me, um, but for a lot of people that are listening to this right now. So good stuff. All right. Anything else in wearing? Um, Give give us a guy tip, man. Come on. A a guy tip. Don't leave the guys Um, out. I I think that on air, I love when guys wear bright colors with like a blazer over it. I wouldn't so much go for the tie because the tie is what the – you know, anchor or host is going to be wearing, you kind of want to set yourself apart from that a little bit. So I would go dress down one step from that. Okay. So, a, you know, a, maybe a polo shirt with a blazer over it. Um, try and stay away from jeans just to look more professional. Uh-huh. Um, but also, you know, you don't have to worry about the whole dress thing. But a lot of times um, it depends on what kind of station you're at. People might put makeup on you uh-huh. so just be prepared for that that um at my station they put the guys they just give them like a powder over their face uh-huh. just for shine so you might have to wear some makeup it, it's all good you know once <laughs> once i you know i'm trying to do my video thing at home i asked my wife if she could put makeup on me so you know my face doesn't look as shiny she just straight up laughed at me <laughs> and i was like oh okay never mind i'll just put some powder on but anyhow i'm, I'm cool with it if i'm yeah, going on good. tv i could put on a little makeup i could sacrifice for a little while um, just to make you know it look good good sweet okay so that's what to wear uh anything else in what to wear nope i think that about covers that part okay we got to look at the camera how, how, how do we do that do i stare at the camera do i you know try to play hard to get and look away from the camera what do i do you're going to look away from the camera as much as possible. Okay. Um, so it depends on what kind of show you're on. If you're doing, let's say you're doing um, a segment on the evening news and you're sitting at the news desk with 
with your the reporters. Uh-huh. They're going to want to to talk to you as much as possible. But every once in a while, I will look at the camera. You know which camera's on because there's a light above it that shines on. So you know which one they're using because there's like four cameras usually, three or four cameras in front of you. Okay. And they switch. Mm-hmm. So you know which one um, is on. But I always just try and be really, you know, casual with the hosts and talk more to them. And then every once in a while, if I'm trying to make a point to the reader, I will look at the camera. So if I'm talking directly to the person that is watching, like, let's say I'm doing a story about, you know, like I said, um, saving money on meat. I will, at the end of the story, you know, just say there's some great ways for consumers. And then I would look at the camera because I'm like talking to them. Talking to them as opposed to talking to the host. Right. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Anything else with looking at the camera? Um, I just think you want to be as casual as possible. Don't try and stare at yourself because then you look like you're looking off the camera. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Like yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. so awkward when you're trying to look at the camera, but you're looking at the wrong one. And then you think you're looking at the right one. So just try to, to just look at the host as much as you can and <laughs> let them lead you Gotcha. so that you don't look awkward, but definitely um, stand up, make sure that you have the right posture and keep your shoulders back and try and just stay not um, square with the host. You want to just kind of be halfway between the host and the camera, the way your body is tilted so that you're engaging with the viewer and the host. Gotcha. All right. Sweet. I love it. Okay. So you, you said in the beginning that you are very strategic about how you go about getting press these days and you've, you've outlined a lot of strategy here. How, mm-hmm. how do I keep track of this? How do I, you know, th- th- there's so many different elements. Are there things that I should be doing to be more organized in my pursuit of press? Um, I think you could just even open something as simple as a Google Doc and just make sure that you write down when you pitch everybody. Okay. And, you know, what their response was. But it's also pretty strategic, too, not just when I pitch people, but what kind of press I'm pitching. Okay. So a lot of times if I'm looking for traffic to an event, um, I will actually go more to radio than I will to TV. Okay. Um, Because that just seems to have a better engagement. So for me, I'm always looking at, you know, what time to pitch them, what actual kind of media to pitch, and what the expected outcome will be. But I would just recommend sitting down and saying, you know, what kind of topic you want to pitch and finding the people in your area that you should go talk to. Um, I actually have a spreadsheet with all my media contacts Mm -hmm. and their Twitter handles. Um, And I'm always tweeting with them. Even if I'm not trying to do a segment with them, I'm, I'm always on Twitter tweeting with them. They're, you know, besides my readers, the media is like my number two people who I communicate with on Twitter just to, just for fun. Got it. So engaging them that way so that, you know, a lot of them are following me now. Um, so, so that's key that they know what I'm doing. So I would definitely recommend setting up some sort of spreadsheet that you can just keep track of, of everybody. And if they say, you know, this would be a great story in September, can you email me back then? Then I would do, um, write that in the spreadsheet. 
Love it, love it, love it. Uh, this is so much value here. I don't even know if there's anything else we need to cover. Is there anything else that you think that we, you know, someone is trying to get into all of this um, that they should be keeping in mind that they should be doing, whether it's on a regular basis or from time to time? Um, actually, there's one other thing that I think is really, really important okay. for for people that are looking to get into the media. And I think I found this out the hard way that media doesn't always guarantee traffic to your blog. Okay. It guarantees that you will have more, um, I want to say like clout in your area, more uh, expertise in your topic, uh-huh. but it doesn't always directly equate to page views on your blog. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm looking at media, I know that I'm not going on the media to um, to get page views, really. I'm going on there because it shows that I'm relevant. It shows that I'm an expert in my topic, and that automatically sets me above everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's key for that. Um, that it doesn't always equate. So I don't want people to get, um, like, to get on air is huge. Mm-hmm. And to continue to be on air is huge. Uh-huh. But... Um, also, just people know that you're not always going to see the page views like immediately that you, you it kind of trickles in over time, I want to say. Got it. Got it. So yep. media is great for exposure. It's great for, you know, clout. It's great for establishing yourself as an or helping to establish yourself as an authority. It doesn't necessarily translate directly into page views, but it does have a significant value proposition. Oh, it definitely does. And, you know, then you can put things on your sidebar of your blog, you know, as seen on this, as seen on this. And, um, and when other media opportunities are coming to find you, they're going to look for that. Gotcha. So, so when I go, if I'm an, uh, a reporter and I come to your site at I am that lady.com and I see all those logos as in terms of what you've been seen on, that'll make me more likely to respond favorably. Exactly. Mm, so- and have some sort of media page set up so that they know, what things you've done in the past. So you can go to IamThatLady.com slash media and see that I have a whole page dedicated to all of the press that I've gotten. And um, I have that like at the very, very top of my site. So my readers don't necessarily see it very often. But for a press that come to your site, they need to find a place to contact you and know, you know, what you've done um, or what you hope to do. Or maybe if you don't have any media exposure yet, one of your videos that you've made. Gotcha. Something that can get them to see you on camera. Gotcha. So I can set up a media page, even though I haven't been in the media, but I've been on social media doing videos, especially if you have something that's a good representation of what you do. Exactly. Even I think you can create a beautiful media page, even if you've never been you know, on the media, in the media yet, uh-huh. just so that they can see you and how you relate to the camera and that you have good energy definitely set something like that up. And so when I have all those little graphics on my sidebar of where I've been featured, if you click on that, it goes right to my media page so that they, they can see my videos and things that I've done. And I think that makes you a lot more attractive to somebody else that wants to have you come on their show. I think so too. I look at your page right now and I think to myself, this girl is serious. She knows her stuff. I yeah. mean, everybody, everybody has her on their shows. So I believe what she has to say. Right. Awesome. Man, so much value. Um, uh, any, what's next for you? What, what are you working on? Well, I actually have a book that's coming out. Ooh, book. Yeah. I it's like called, 
Thank you. It's called Insufficient Funds, and um, it's my journey of getting out of debt and how other people can do the same thing. And when is that book supposed to be coming out? In April. Ooh. Mm -hmm. In April. And that's talking about your journey of getting out of debt? Right. Awesome. How we got out of um, over $40,000 worth of debt in um, four years and how... You know, it's 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 our story combined and weaved in um, with how tos. So, it's got some stuff on how you can do it and also uh, how we did it. Love it, love it. Yeah. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much. I mean, I, I I got a lot of value from this. I have a lot of action steps. I'm actually going to make a take action sheet um, from this so that people can download. Um, and this is going to be, what episode is this? 146. So if you come back to becomeablogger.com slash episode 146, you can come directly to this interview and download that. So Lauren, thank you so much for joining me on the show. And if you want to check out what she's doing, you can head on over to IamThatLady, IamThatLady.com and stay tuned for that book, Insufficient Funds. Um, I, I think that's going to be a good one. Um, so check her out. And of course, if you're enjoying this podcast, I invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Just head on over there. It helps with exposure, you know, credibility. And people say, hey, this person likes it. Maybe I'll like it too. <laughs> and if you're trying to get a blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world, head on over to free bloggingvideos.com where you get to follow as I show you one step at a time. You watch my screen as I show you how to set up your blog and how to get it going, how to create content so that you can inspire others and change the world while turning it into an online business or building your business. So this is Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, changing the world one blog at a time. Until next time, take care and God bless. Three, five, two, four, one, four.